I don't know why I didn't think of it immediately. It seemed so obvious when the idea occurred to me. I invited my mother to come and live with us. She was thrilled. The boys loved her, and suddenly the sun came out for all of us. I went back to work, and then I got a really good posting back to England. It was a new beginning and a new life. For all of us, things settled down at once. The boys were much better behaved and hardly ever mentioned their mother. In fact, I wasn't sure Stevie even remembered her. The house was suddenly full of toys, pictures on the fridge, school projects and the smell of cooking. I remember coming home from six weeks abroad to find them making jam tarts in the kitchen. Alex was standing on a chair and carefully cutting the pastry shapes. Maman was lining the tray and Stevie, bless him, was dumping jam all over everything. Every surface was covered in jammy fingerprints and a light dusting of flour, and after our hello hugs, so was I. Everyone was laughing, and our lives were so happy. A year later, they were all dead. There was a flu epidemic, as there often is, but this one was different. It started off normally enough and then picked up speed, erupting out of the Middle East and ripping across the Mediterranean, North Africa and Europe, all the way up to Scandinavia. This one was a bitch. It took the old and the young. For some reason, those in between seemed unaffected. People said this was worse than the Spanish flu epidemic of 1918. Many said it was nature's way of keeping the population down. Others said it was the end of the world, God's punishment. Whatever it was, millions died. Everything stopped. The country barely functioned. The government closed public buildings. Most shops were closed. People stayed at home. There was almost no travel, certainly no air travel. Those on the streets wore masks and hurried by without catching anyone's eye or speaking. Friends ignored friends. A curfew was imposed. And then one day, Maman said she would have an early night. She was feeling tired. An hour later, I was pleading with a doctor to call. An hour later, she was in hospital. She died quietly. I think she knew me at the end. I like to think so, anyway. Then the boys got it. Alex died as peacefully as his grandmother. He just seemed to go to sleep. Stevie suffered. There was nothing I could do for him. There was nothing anyone could do for him. I donated armfuls of blood because there was talk of some sort of vaccine. It didn't always work, they said, so don't get your hopes up. But I'd have given anything, and everything. And then they told me my blood was no good, because the boys weren't mine. They didn't even have the same father. I buried them all on the same day. There was only me at the ceremony. I still had friends then, Good friends who don't leave you to face this sort of thing by yourself, but I'd asked to be left alone, and left alone I was. The crematorium was like a conveyor belt. There were so many others waiting. I'm not even convinced the ashes I got back were theirs. I remember I just took what the harassed official offered and walked away, numb and unthinking. The pavements were wet. I walked for hours on that dreary November day, that was the last time we were all together. Their mother didn't come. The world had turned upside down for me, but oddly, many things were now much clearer. The sympathetic neighbours, 
the conversations that died as I approached and started again when I'd passed. Everyone had known but me.